0: Welcome everyone to this podcast, the Eat, Talk, Sleep podcast run by uh, Josh, Michael and Ryan where we discuss political issues, church issues, theological issues, Christian issues, things that affect us in our daily lives um, and how we can deal with them as believers. Today, the topic in question is critical theory and the Reformation, and I'm very pleased to be joined with Josh and Ryan. So, good evening to you both, because we are are recording this in the evening. How are you both this this, this fine evening? I'm very well, thank you, Michael. (laughs) That's good. Uh, and how are you doing, Ryan?
1: <laughs> I'm good. Um, obviously, getting a lot darker hot up here in the far north of Scotland. Um, so nice are drawing in. Very windy as well. Do you know
0: what? That's a good point. Since last recorded, Ryan has moved to Scotland. So I mean, this is a a big thing to be, which we haven't talked about actually. But yeah, Ryan has indeed moved to the uh, to the, the complete it's north the of hold. the UK. <laughs> so um... how many hours of daylight do you actually get then, Ryan?
1: It's about it's about about it's about an hour or. You're going to get an hour
2: of daylight. Wow, an hour hour less. Okay, Um, okay, an hour less. Okay, just
1: because of how just because how far north we are, so we kind of get the equivalent to what Denmark and the south of Sweden would get. So, in the summer, on the flip side, you'd actually the sun doesn't go down. Um, you actually have like twilight.
2: Yeah. Oh no, I remember remember being in the Highlands of Scotland and only getting, I think like two
0: hours darkness or something yeah it was it was quite it, you know quite something i tell you brilliant yeah i mean i've been up to, i've been to see ryan in aberdeen it's a very nice place i go i would re- re- recommend it we should do a, a podcast on travel with hatons we recommend because uh, oh yes on Aberde- tour <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah certainly it's a place worth going to and you know it's got it's got a good church there which obviously is also the most important thing it's got a good church there at Bon Accord so um yeah it's good to see you up there Ryan all settled and loving life and Josh Cambridge is all good for you yeah yeah
2: uh actually technically it's the sunniest place in all of Great Britain so
0: there you go so we've we, we almost a contrast almost <laughs>
1: <laughs> brilliant
0: yep. well shall we get into the topic uh-huh. at yeah, hand shall we and, sure. and delve into uh, into it because I'm sure people will be asking questions about this a lot are worried about this you know, maybe wrongly rightly so Josh why don't you yeah of course yeah so um,
2: so it's quite a probably quite a puzzling title to some of you but um, we hope to demonstrate uh, the relevance of of the two two things we're talking about today um, so but first I just wanted to kind of start with you know why we why we're talking about this and i think it's really important that we do talk about critical theory in particular because you know this is one of uh, the big things that's kind of all, per- all pervasive across our modern society and something that particularly um uh, you know our so- our kind of generation younger people people like anyone under 30 but it, kind of everyone in in many senses is we're kind of confronted with and you know it's 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 very difficult to um to know what to say about it because you know you kind of you you have on the left you know you've got people who seem to be pushing stuff that you're kind of on the one hand you're kind of kind of sympathetic towards you know when people talk about racism and sexism and uh, talk about justice and uh dealing with injustice you kind of think yeah Absolutely. But then you maybe see the direction these things are going and think, mm, you know, not sure uh, where they're taking these things. And on, on the other hand, of course, you've got the right. I mean, it, you know, it's not necessarily just the left and right issue. There's, there's all kind of, it's very deeply nuanced, of course. Uh, but, you know, you, you also have people who are kind of lambasting wokery and, uh, you know, as, as uh, our Home Secretary Called them the tofu eating wokeerati, but um, so, uh, <laughs> well, I should say our current home secretary, because uh, by the time of recording, I don't know, if she'll still be in her place. But uh, but they are, you know. So, so we're in the middle middle of this massive culture war, and you know we don't know sometimes what what side to come down on. Uh, so we think it's it's vitally important in that case to kind of come at these issues in. Uh, the light not of 21st century philosophy, but in the light of the Bible uh, with its timeless truths for humanity. Um, mm. So with that in mind, I'd like to ask Ryan if you could maybe, um, as, as you have uh, ex- perhaps more experience than the, the pair of us put together, if you could maybe tell us a bit about critical theory. What's it all about? Uh, what, what are these, what are the proponents of critical theory trying to, uh, trying to enact um, and you know what what can you tell us about it
1: so critical theory is it came originally from a bunch of philosophers in frankfurt germany um starting in the 1930s really getting going in the 50s um, i could offer a really complex and very jargon heavy academic definition but for the people listening, I don't think this could be very helpful. So I'm going to simplify this as much as I can. Um, I am a teacher, so I'm going to make this as simple as I can. Just, what so like, you yeah. know, <laughs> just so what you know what we're talking about we mean critical theory, because there's lots of different meanings that are thrown about, and they're all as complex as each other. So what we'll try and do is give you a straightforward idea of what critical theory is and why it's important. Um it's the kind of idea of tearing down these power structures in society, these constructs, things like racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia, speciesism, ableism. Um, the whole thing about critical theory is that by taking down these structures, we can actually bring about improvement in society. So our aim therefore, you know, with critical theory is bringing down these structures, these power structures, if you will, and also to reflect on them. We're not saying, however, that there isn't some good things here. So, you know, for example, challenging racism, challenging um, wealth inequality. These are things that we as Christians, we do want to challenge. We do want to be critical of, Um, you know, people like Wesley definitely, were vocal critics about some of the inequalities in society. However, critical theory in many ways becomes almost a gospel in that in making a better society, in making this utopia, uh, you have to remove these structures of racism, sexism, homophobia, etc. They're also based on the idea that society is in constant conflict. Um, You know, a different part is always at each other's throats. So we'll take the example of Marxism, the ruling class and the working class are always in, in fights with each other and there can be no resolution brought about between them. Another thing that comes with this is the idea that it can be quite chaotic. Um, as we said earlier, it's a very complex theory, many things going on. Um, it's kind of built upon this idea of moral, moral relativism. Um, a clear example of this would be the LGB, so the kind of traditional old school branch of lesbian, gay and bisexual, versus um, the TQ, so transgender and queer and all other groupings. Uh, so even within the LGBTQ+, you have these conflicts that are going on and contradictions. Um, so sort the of former affirm gender binary, the latter deny it, and this can be used to describe anything. You know, that what we're seeing with critical theory is that there's so many different strands that they actually conflict and almost self-contradict. And therefore, what do we have is a situation where there is no absolute truth. There's no, everything is relative, there is no absolute truth. So another big thing that critical theory does is it challenges. Um, this idea that it can be absolute truth, that truth is relative, truth is individual. Um, and this can become a big challenge. Um, to kind of summarise, too many isms lead to too many schisms. The end result, confusion. That's another cha- And another challenge that we bring here is that it could become what we call runaway train. So where do you get off? Because of how ever evolving, always in chaos, always in disorder. You know, for the Christian who's listening here, uh, for those of you who may have heard about this, tonight we're going to be giving you a bit of a warning about the dangers of critical theory, in that it could be something which people can jump on, but then where do they get off? Where do we draw the line? And these are one of the big challenges that we hope to draw out this evening when kind of explaining critical theory and linking it to the reformation
0: and just jumping in as well just as someone who's taught on postmodernism, it's it's even postmodernist teachers don't even understand it themselves and this is the kind of the thing to, to note as well people who even teach on these theories don't even understand them completely themselves and so it does just as ryan said it, just, it does just lead into into just endless confusion because no one actually knows what they're talking about at the end of the day this is, the one, this is one. of the problems we live now. We live in a place which is which is confused. So,
2: and I guess you know your identity is, is very important, right? You know, like it, it, you know, and these things kind of become part of who you are. But then, I guess you're even, uh, you know, your your identity is constantly in flux, right? It's constantly changing because the definitions are changing. You know, the the you know, like like Ryan, you you were talking about. How the LGB have you know in, in many cases become detached from the TQ plus because you know as you as you said you know as you put it so well you know they they've kind of the the the, the LGB uh, you know kind of rely on there being this gender binary and rely on there being they you know, kind of they, they they define themselves in respect of kind of the the heteronormativity you know the, the heterosexual heterosexuality whereas. Yeah, you know, when you come to you know queer queerness and transgenderism, it's it's kind of it's, it's throwing all that up again and kind of saying, well, well, actually, none yeah you know, none of that is is true, and you know it's, it's uh, yeah I, I see I see what you say. The end. The end result is confusion. Um, so thank you both for uh, for for kind of giving us a quick whistle stop tour of of critical theory there. Um, and I want to now bring in uh the the second topic that we were here to discuss and that that is the reformation so it's um some of you know it's um we're we're at the end of october um and on the 31st of october 1517 uh, martin luther famously nailed his 95 theses on the 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 door of the church in witten uh, the university church in wittenberg um so it's, it's kind of the time of year where we 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 kind of like to consider these things um so before we kind of dive into what the connection between critical theory and the Reformation might be, um, Michael, I wonder if you could just kind of you know, give us a, a whistle-stop tour of, of the Reformation. What what was the Reformation? Could you
0: sum it up in a, in a sentence? You're giving me such a, the easiest job, don't you, Josh? Uh, possible. Uh, <laughs> the Reformation is a complex period. I mean, it's no doubt about it. It is a very confusing time period in a lot of ways, and it's quite a brutal time period. But if you want to kind of give it a nice summing up, I'm um, something that we discussed this before we recorded the, the pod this podcast, is the fact that it is a for the church, for us as Christians, it was a return to scripture, it was a turn to the word of God, it was a turn to Christ, and it was a turn to the gospel of Christ. It was coming back to the fundamental truths that unite the Christian faith that we all find our lives in we find our hope in find our faith in it's going back to those it's was, it was a rediscovering of the light because for many centuries uh, beforehand that light had been stamped on it had been darkened by what we would call the gospel of works that had emerged in the roman catholic church and where you have to earn your salvation by doing these things by being a good person by being a nice person wherever it could be that's how you got your salvation where you almost went to church for that experience because you wanted to feel religious in those moments, you wanted to feel like you were, you know, in a very kind of spiritual state as well. The Reformation saw sort of tore through all that, and it just brought us back to the, what matters, which is Christ crucified for our sins, and that is what the Reformation was about. It's about people like Luther, Calvin, Zwingli, Knox, and many, many other preachers, men and women. Who saw actually there was something deeper than the, what they were what they're being taught there was something deeper than what the world was saying, and actually it was in the Bible in scripture so that, that's what the question was it was it, it doesn't seem like much to a lot of people, but actually it's one of the most important times in the church history because it, it was a moment where the church was once more set on fire, the church was alight with life and joy and with a direction with eyes set upon Christ. Uh what I think what a wonderful time in that regards. Yes, it was brutal. We know it was brutal. The wars that happened, the 30 years war, we could talk about that all day long and uh the difference between the factions. But the light in the church um was was something that is, is incredible. And you could say that it all started with the nine five being banged on the church door. You may have heard of that Martin Luther. Um, it probably started a bit earlier than that, to be honest. Those ideas have been thought out beforehand, but the 95 Friday theses sp- spread like wildfire across Europe, and people from all different countries and nations believe in the gospel, and that is what the Reformation was. Fantastic, Michael. I mean,
2: I, I would uh, say that probably wasn't a sentence, uh, but then <laughs> can you can you really uh, sum it all up in a in a sentence? Um, and I, I also think it's you know. <laughs> like one of the the greatest things about the reformation was um, it you know for 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 most of the people groups in europe anyway it gave us the bible in our own language you know out of the reformation came uh, our english bible uh you know martin luther uh, gave the, the people the, the germanic peoples uh, a german bible um, which I understand Ryan is, is still in use today, right? Um, Luther's Bible, is that, is that the case, I think? You, yeah. I think you recall you saying you had one. So I've,
1: I've got a uh, 2017 um, Luther Bible, as it would be called in German. Luther. Um But <laughs> it's interesting because I also, on my desk in front of me, obviously it's a podcast so I can't show you, but I've actually got the King James, which is the first English-language Bible. Actually, it was partly produced up here in Scotland, fun fact. But what the, what the Reformation did was this idea of making the gospel accessible. You know, Knox, for example, so I'm training to be a teacher in Scotland, a key aspect of Scottish education was founded out of this Reformation time where Knox wanted people to be educated in order to access the gospel. So a big part of this Reformation is making this gospel accessible and not putting stumbling blocks in the way to help all believers access the gospel and the saving gospel of our lord jesus christ
0: i want to add something to all that as well the gospel the reformation it was equalized in society because no longer could the rich be separated from the poor in the fact that they were all sinners and they were all would go to hell or to heaven depending on their faith in christ
2: yeah and, and, and- I, I remember, um, I think it was William Tyndale who, who um, you know, was kind of built on the work of John Wycliffe in, in translating uh, the English Bible. And, you know, it was his kind of his his notes and his structure that eventually became the, the King James Bible as we know it. But one of the things that William Tyndale said was uh, one of his great prayers and ambitions in life was that the humble ploughboy would know more of the scriptures uh, than the you know the the highest priest um and and that that certainly became the case you know as as um as these these bibles were uh sent out across england and across europe um and you know it it you know, dream became the reality um and he i mean he didn't really live to see it because um he was uh he was kidnapped and um killed and you know well, it was a fascinating story actually um, Read honestly, reads like one of these spy thrillers. Um, but yeah, that is, a, that is another story. Sorry, <laughs> getting sidetracked. Um, but yeah, the the, the Reformation was uh, as 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 you you both been saying it was a, it was a rediscovery. It wasn't uh, something new. Uh, yeah, there were kind of uh, you know um, there were kind of you know perhaps things that were slightly different about it, but fundamentally it was a rediscovery. Of 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 what had always been true and what what had always been in the Bible and always been in the Scripture and uh, I've heard the Reformation being described as um, a tri- the triumph of uh, Augustine's doctrine of salvation over Augustine's doctrine of the Church uh, and for those of you who who know anything about Augustine you'll know that he was a, a Roman Catholic figure in the uh, fourth fifth century. Uh, AD and he he was someone who who uh who, who really discovered that salvation is by grace alone in uh, by by faith alone in Christ alone uh and and not by works uh not by penance not by um any of these things gaining merit and um but also he he was part of the roman catholic church and you know he uh, was kind of complicit in some of the ecclesiastical structures that kind of caused the Roman Catholic Church all, all sorts of problems um, over mm. the the period we now know as kind of the Dark Ages and uh, still, still down to this day. Um, so yeah, um, that's, that's the Reformation. So now coming on to perhaps a more difficult question. Uh, so we've, we've kind of, we've talked about critical theory, what that is. We've also talked about the Reformation, what that was. Um, but how on earth is critical theory related to the Reformation? What can, can the Reformation help us to process critical theory? Yeah, what, what can we, uh, you know, is, how is critical theory related to, yeah, is there some
0: connection to the Roman Catholic Church or uh, can you, can you tell us more? Well, you know, I uh, hope people don't think that we're going to, by all suggest that critical theory is the Reformation <laughs> <laughs> because, uh it certainly isn't. And I think the Roman Catholic doctrine of the time was a religion of works. It was a worldly religion. religion. It came a worldly religion. It was there to kind of please the the senses, the masses almost, in terms of how we want to always achieve these things. And I think, you know, the term that is often thrown around, wokeness, CT, whatever we want to call it really, it is a religion of works as well. Uh, it's a religion of trying to, as Ryan said at the start, making a utopia, trying to make everything perfect when when it obviously can't be, it's an idea, isn't it, where um you have we have to do what we can uh to make everything better. Uh, but as we've said, um we have this sort of this council thing it comes counterculture comes alongside, don't we, critical qu- 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 theory? and so it's it's a, it's a gospel of works but the gospel of works without redemption or forgiveness so it's even perhaps even worse version of the gospel of works because there's even no redemption there's no forgiveness in all this once you're counseled you're counseled forever um there's there's no grace in all this uh, which i think is quite a quite a tragic thing isn't it so i think we can we can definitely take what we see what we, what we see with the ct today we can see how that's affected the world and basically the western world that we live in and we can make comparisons with the Roman, Roman catholic dominated western world of the 16th century as well there are definitely comparisons we can make between the two i think that's only something we could definitely consider um, so that's just my, my my thoughts on it firstly is, is to make those comparisons
2: sure so um okay so so you're saying there's a comparison between critical theory and kind of the roman catholic church in the sort of the time before the reformation you know you you were, you were saying there's kind of spi- there's spiritual darkness and there's this kind of confusion and there's you know kind of superstition but there's also there's a religion and there's a there's a religion of works by which you have to uh, you know it's, it's all about also all about you it's all about you and what you do um, and yeah. kind of the the good that you do which you know some of which is is undoubtedly good but you know if we're making our salvation out of this then well none of us are perfect right so who can actually be saved and and then you were saying uh you know once, once if kind of once you you fall foul of these rules there's kind of no going back you know i mean i suppose it it you know our cancel culture is is kind of somewhat similar to you know the pope declaring you a heretic you know you are being excommunicated yeah there's no way back you know the pope has said you know you're not part of the church if you're not part of the roman catholic church well then there's no place for you in heaven
0: well yeah Um, exactly exactly And just jumping in there as well is that i mean the extreme form of you know the roman catholic church will be penance as well and that maybe could also be argued today maybe there's penance maybe you've got to do you've got to come out and you've got to say sorry and you've got to do all these maybe things to prove that actually you're part of the it's a part of the system part of the you know the, that that religion of of ct wherever it could be as well so there's even that as well in it too as well yeah so th- the, there's definitely these comparisons i think one of the key things as, as you said is there's no redemption there's no forgiveness and there's also no eternity in ct as well which i think is another scary thought mm-hmm. but that's yeah. just another thought to think about
2: uh, and also i mean focusing things on what you do as well uh, i suppose you know, I mean, it, it's kind of, it's almost pharisaical though as well, isn't it? Because mm. you're, um, you know, if you're focusing it on your outward actions, well, it kind of doesn't matter what you feel or think inside, right? Um, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's only what you do that counts in it. Um, you know, I suppose if if you're, what you're doing is just kind of a, a formalism, you know, it's, it's kind of what you've been taught to do, so you do it. It's kind of not because deep in your heart, I mean, I suppose that may well be the case as well. But you know, for the vast majority of people, I mean, as with critical theory, you know, let, let's be honest, you know, people aren't aren't honest, you know, in what they say. They just know that, well, I can't say this word or I can't say that word, therefore I won't say those words. I don't I, I don't think they necessarily believe these things with all their heart. I don't think it necessarily comes from the heart. And I think that was the the case kind of for most for the majority of people, you know, under the Roman Catholic Church, their religion was you know, it was kind of an empty formalism that wasn't because they really believed these things. It was because they were told to do these things, or else you'll be punished and you'll suffer in purgatory. Mm. You know, so you do these things. So it's kind of it, it's it's a it's an empty religion, devoid of any any heart or any emotion or feeling. I mean, obviously there there there's always going to be a few right. There's always going to be a few who kind of believe it with all their heart and with all their might, and kind of deep down within it is uh you know is is something that kind of fuels their fire, but for I, I think I suspect for the vast majority of people that's
0: uh that's not the case and Another thing as well to mention as well is that in both of these things in c t and in the Roman Catholic Church of the sixteenth century, there were still good in these things you know being doing good works is it's it's good to be doing good things obviously we believers do believe it's good to do good things and some parts of c t you know where it's about you know creating, you know dealing with racism are good things to deal with like there's good things in these things you know found within these things but it's the wider aspect of it which is the problem and it's what you know what people put the hope and trust in which is the problem people put the hope and trust in ct people put people put the hope in their good works for example those comparisons as well are also there Mm -hmm. i think that why it's also related to the reformation as well is that yes we see ct in the world but it's also got into the church as well and it's got into the church it's got into it but we, we talk about young people as well uh at the start of this certainly been affected by by ct from university to schools from the even from the pulpit we're seeing these things coming from the pulpit as well, well it's, it's changing some our churches.
2: language right and it's it's yeah. you know it's, it's defining our sense of what's right and wrong and it's you know it's it's you know it's the new the new morals it's the you know you could probably make up 10 commandments based on you know these these kind of things you know it, it you know it's it's redefining a lot uh, a lot for us um but coming back to the reformation so we kind of said how critical theory is kind of related to the pre-reformation church but the reformation itself you know ha, ha, are there any answers here uh, for for us you know kind of trying to process critical theory today
0: um yeah you know, what, what answers can the reformation provide for us yeah there are there are answers i think the answer is for the church and for the world both of them that we got to return to the transforming transforming gospel of the lord jesus christ we could come back to the the truths found in scripture we could come back to the gospel come back to what we read in the word come back to what paul says you know we can find it maybe in philippians we can maybe find it in in the gospels i will mean, read some verses maybe later for us to, to to consider but we come back to those truths because the gospel answers all the questions that we have the gospel answers the questions that ct might you know bring up how do we deal with the judges of the world what do we deal them through the cross of christ and how can we deal with you know our identity struggles we find them in the cross of christ how do we deal with my all my just inner just terribleness my inner wickedness my inner just terribleness we find it in the cross of christ we find everything in the gospel of christ and as the reformers lit a light lit a lamp in their hearts with the gospel the church needs to once more light a lamp for the gospel you know needs to be out there needs to be proclaiming the truth uh, no matter what the world says of them the church needs to be bold and standing firm in the in in, in the doctrine of christ our savior and when you come back to the truth that we i think we've to be honest to be frank with you we've kind of have lost in a lot of ways the simple wonderful truths truths that the gospel gives us and when you come back to them
2: well i'll answer that um and uh, thank you michael because that leads us quite nicely onto the final question we kind of want to consider today uh, and Ryan I maybe turn to you for that. Um and, and the question is, you know, you've you've kind of gone into this a bit, Michael, but um, you know, what what do we need to do today? Uh, you know, how how as the church can we respond to these things? How as individuals can we find our way through these issues? You know, kind of where where should we draw the line on these things? Um, you know, have you got any yeah, any any guidance or advice, you know, from the from the Bible, but uh, you know, that, that we can apply for us in in kind of thinking about these things
1: so yeah so i think what's really important is that we have to be very cautious first and foremost um one thing that we have to remember is that this has entered the church this has entered various denominations um and we see this quite prominently um in the western world especially so we, we are seeing this in the church this isn't something that we're saying isn't how ha- is not is is kind of an abstract thing that we have decided to talk about this evening this is something which is actively taking place you know speaking from being in the united kingdom now we're seeing it in the mainstream denominations the church of england the church of scotland this critical theory has become embedded um and we'll just keep growing and is therefore something that we have to be cautious of as believers. Also, we have to remember that our congregations, our members, our friends mm. are exposed to this. You know, all three of us uh, in various capacities have seen this um, via universities, um, in the workplace. Um, so it's important, first and foremost, that we are cautious of this critical theory and that we are Willing to challenge it, um, so that was kind of a key thing that we're trying to do with this. This, um, and I suppose, podcast.
2: would you would you say, Brian, that um, you know, I mean, as as we're told in in the New Testament, as as Paul warns us to test the spirits, you know, would would you say, uh, you know, this is the kind of thing where we we kind of test the waters and we, you know, we take what you know maybe a proponent of critical theory says and kind of take it back to the Bible and. Uh, kind of compare the two if, if you will or you know or, or should we kind of meet meet uh meet the bible and uh, you know this kind of philosophy somewhere in the middle yeah. where, where do we
1: something that is very important is think about the questions that critical theory asks and frame in such a way well actually the gospel has the answers so In many ways, we've kind of problematized critical theory, but we've provided the answers. The answers are with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, And this kind of links to the next point I want to bring out about the problems of the social gospel. Um, You know, that we do see um, we've talked about this kind of wokeness as a religion, this kind of woke legalism. um, The kind of condemnation which is unduly spread on people not on the basis of sin but on the basis of aspects of their identity um and so what we have to remember um you know we we were as we before we we came to this podcast we talked about well how would the prodigal son uh, be treated under the terms of the social gospel well would he go back to his father no, he probably would um have his square meal and probably wouldn't go back um, and so what we have to remember um, is that the social gospel whilst it does address some things that we as Christians you know we, we see poverty growing in this country massively. We see the cost of living crisis um, and wealth inequality doing a lot of damage to our communities. But how do we respond to that? And given the contradictions that we've seen with the social gospel and critical theory, again, what we need to do is, again, turn back to the gospel. Our our ministry, our response has to be centred around the gospel, centred around our service of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what we're doing are works of service for the Lord Jesus Christ, outward pouring of our faith, not works to earn favor or to look good, but works which reflect our utmost commitment to this gospel, our utmost faith to the gospel. So, And this kind of leads to this final point that we talk about. Allow no replacement for, for Christ Jesus. Stay on him. Stand firm. Don't allow anything on his throne. Now, what we see is that critical theory has almost become that idol. Critical theory has always been seen as that solution. Mm. But what we urge you, listening tonight, stand him, stand firm. The critical theory will present ideas that you know detract from the power of Christ. But we know that Christ is has dominion, mm.
2: and he's the only one who can save. Right, as 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 well, you know, we can't, we cannot save ourselves. Um, you know, no matter how woke we are, or you know even you know taking the other side of the coin you know no matter how how much we might try and fight in this culture war you know and and a lot of Christians can sometimes be taken up and say well we need to fight these things we need to tear these things down and and yes you know uh, there may well be a time for for standing firm and for you know for dismantling th- these things you know we we're, we're told to you know to you know to take down anything that sets itself up against Christ and and the gospel uh, but uh, you know at the, at the same time we wage not you know our war is not against flesh and blood you know it's, it's a spiritual battle we're fighting against sin uh you know we're fighting against uh, the devil uh, we're fighting against uh we are fighting against the world as well and and these kind of these these, these worldly ideologies mm. uh, but we're not you know <laughs> we're to be um people who are sharing the good news of the gospel um and that is you know is good news especially in a in a in a world of critical theory where there is no hope of redemption no hope of forgiveness no such concept as 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 grace um and yeah so i think um i think that would be um a good point to end unless michael
0: you've anything to to add yeah just 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 a few points is that I just want to make the point as well is that obviously we as believers, we do believe that we want to help people. We obviously say we want to help people who are struggling with, with poverty or with this or that, but the reason why we do it is because of our salvation in Christ, not because we think it will make us feel good about ourselves, not because we feel make make a better person, but because of our love of Christ. Everything must come through the love of the love of Christ. That must be the reason why we do anything, is for Christ has done for us and his love should then pour through us to other people so things like some, some things that such a gospel from probably such a gospel does today is that it tries to do that because people get antsy about something rather than trusting in jesus and go back to the ct thing i'm returning from philippians 3 and you know we even said we said it's a religion of works haven't we philippians 3 verse 4 Paul says, though I have, myself have reasons for such confidence, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised in the eighth day are the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider lost for the sake of Christ. What, what is more? I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but from what is through faith in Christ. And we keep, keep going on there. But I just want to make that point. It's all found in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we must, we must stand, as Ryan said at the start there, stand firm at the cross. So that's what I wanted to say there. So well thank you michael and
2: uh, i think we'll 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 definitely leave it there uh, we'll leave it there um, on on the subject of christ jesus you know and that is where we should start all things and where we should end all things uh, so thank you very much for listening to this podcast uh, and if you have any ideas about topics we should consider in in the future do let us know and
0: with that it's uh, goodbye from me goodbye from me And it's goodbye from Ryan, who's still muted. So we'll say, (laughs) yeah. We hope that you will enjoy this podcast. Please do let us know what topics you want to hear us cover. But until next time, thank you very much for listening and God bless.